Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Get Geek Podcast, where we celebrate geek, nerd, and pop culture. Each week, we deliver the best analysis for fans, by fans, on anything related to movies, TV, video games, comics, anime, and manga. We talk geek. And now, here's the Get Geek Podcast. What's going on, y'all? going on y'all out there denizens of the internet welcome to the get geek podcast welcome to another lovely wonderful and fantastic episode of the get geek podcast i am jose this is aj this is eli and this is spanish widow coming from the red room walt yeah indeed that's a hint as to go. what we're going to have a, a little conversation about today this is me having a sip of coffee as we record early in the morning here yeah, man. Yeah, no. All right. That gave me a little bit of a boost. So let's do our quick thing, a quick disclaimer. Not even a disclaimer. We're not doing that anymore. We've been recording remotely for a while. If you all have any issues with the audio, you probably would have told us by now. So we're moving past that. Talking about the best thing you can do to support your favorite podcast is to like, rate, share, subscribe, and comment on your favorite podcast. Also, Slide into our DMs. Send us an email. You can find us at Get Geek Podcast on Instagram and basically everywhere else in all the other social media platforms. Just look for Get Geek Podcast. And yeah, like, rate, share, subscribe, comment, support your favorite podcast crew by engaging with your favorite podcast crew. So yeah, there you go. Let's, let's get right into it. Uh, we got a couple of things we're going to talk about today. Um, y'all did a little bit about, uh, Loki and the bad batch in one of our more recent episodes, but what I wanted to do today is jump in real quick and we'll do this early and see if we have any predictions for the finale of, of Loki or episode six coming up in just a few days. So before I give my own predictions, I want to throw it to the floor and see if anybody is interested in giving any possible predictions on what's going to happen in Loki. And if not, I'll jump in with my thoughts and you guys can tell me what you think about it. Anybody? Well, I actually, well, I actually think I touched on this last time. I Mm -hmm. think that the person behind all this interesting web of webbiness Mm -hmm. is the true variant Loki. Uh Like the, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Classic Loki. The variant to rule them all. That's um, behind all this smoke and mirrors. President that is the Loki. TVA. President Loki. King Loki. No. <laughs> so, you know, I, I agree. That's actually part of what I'm thinking is going to happen in the finale. Um, and I mean, it's hinted at if you watch the trailers, there's scenes that we have not seen so far in the show. And it could be a misdirect. You know how Marvel does. But there's scenes of, you know, Loki standing there in front of a massive throne. And it's it's a, a Loki with a different demeanor, a different attitude, unless this Loki, our Loki, has been playing the long game, as has been hinted at throughout the show um, by Mobius and by other characters. Unless this Loki is playing the long game and he's actually evil or Sylvie is actually evil, which are other possibilities, too. They could be the leaders of the TVA. Um, I'm thinking I agree with AJ. But I want to take it maybe one step further because I think they're going to mess with the origins 
of some other characters here. And I think that they're going to do something different with the King Loki character. Possibly. This is just a theory of mine. I put this together from a couple of other things that I've seen on the internet and some theories about what I know about who controls time and the TVA and the characters that we've seen so far. So we've seen Eliath, right, who's a major character that is in conflict with the most theorized villain behind all of this, which is Kang the Conqueror. And uh, AJ, you're a big fan of Kang the Conqueror, if I'm not mistaken, right? You're He's one of your favorite Marvel villains. Um uh no it wasn't you Who is i it? just made a i made a really good guess before this entire phase started I'm, that this is gonna be a king the conqueror who's gonna be the thanos of this uh of this you know the phase this phase this arc yeah. this arc yes right right i don't know who it is i'm sorry i'm making uh i'm having a mental fart here as to who the huge fan of king the conqueror is but Here's what I'm thinking. I'll wrap it up in a nutshell, and then we can definitely see if that's what what you guys agree with, and we can get into our main conversation today, which is, by the way, Black Widow. Um, So here's my theory that changes things a little bit for Marvel. We have Eliath, who's supposed to be the first being that breaks free of time, and his origin is similar to what it is in the comics. Um, He's got more of an empire in the comics. He's not so much of a guard dog like he is in, in these episodes of Loki that we've seen so far. So that's why I think that things are going to change a little bit. I think King Loki is definitely behind it. I also think that they're going to change Kang's origin story. I think they're going to make King Loki into the new Immortus. And the reason why I say that is, so the reason why I have that as the theory is, y'all know who Immortus is, right? Y'all have a a pretty good idea of who Immortus is? No idea. Okay, so (laughs) we're going to have to get a little bit into Kang's, Kang's, Kang's backstory a little bit to kind of put this together. Immortus is actually Kang. He's a version of Kang in the comics. The way that it works is, I'll try to explain his backstory as best as I can because it's super freaking complicated, as you guys might imagine. But Kang is um, originally from, I think, the 31st century. He's like super bored because it's awesome and peaceful, and he hates how peaceful and awesome it is, apparently, because as one is wont to do, like, why would you want to live in peace and joy and harmony and have all your, your needs taken care of? That's boring, right? So... Long story short, he travels back in time. He becomes um, a pharaoh, I think, called Raman Tut. He goes back to the time of like um, of Apocalypse from from the X Men comics. I think he interacts with him. Like I said, I'm trying to do this as best as I can without making it too confusing. But what Kang essentially is in the comics is he goes through time. He uses various versions of himself. And he, there are different versions of him, like Immortus, who is Kang, I think, later in the timeline. I forget where it is. But Kang, what Kang does is he conquers a portion of the timeline. He's not in control of all of time. Eliath is in control of the beginning of time. Um, Kang, as Immortus, is in control of like seven centuries, I think 4,000 BC to like 3,000 AD. Okay. And then after that, Kang himself, Kang the Conqueror, the official Kang the Conqueror, is in control of the rest of time, okay, if I'm not mistaken. So Mm. what I think is happening, I think that the void that we see in episode five, I don't think that's the actual end of time. I think that's the end of Immortus Loki's time period. So what I think is going to happen is they're going to find Loki, like AJ said, they're going to find Loki in the castle. He's going to be the one behind all of it, the TV and all of that. It's going to be revealed that he's an Immortus type character. Maybe they won't name him, but he's going to fulfill that role. 
And then what's going to happen, at least in my opinion, again, in this theory, is that once they get rid of Immortus in the comics, what that does a lot of times is that gives Kang the opportunity to take over more of the timeline. So if he can get access to those seven centuries, then that means that he can jump in and start messing with the Avengers, start messing with the MCU characters that we're used to, because, you know, they're, they're not going up to the 31st century to tell an Avengers story. So they have to bring it back to the modern time. And one more thing that I will mention, and then I'll let you all give your thoughts on that and we'll move on if you guys don't have much to say or if you think the theory is stupid, whatever. One more thing in the comics is that Kang... Um, Kang repeatedly tries to get control, if I'm not mistaken, of the Scarlet Witch because of her abilities as a Nexus being. So if you think about everything that we've seen so far in the Marvel shows, what we know is coming up in Ant-Man and, and the Wasp Quantumania, or I think it's Ant-Man Quantumania. I'm not sure what the title, the full title is. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. so Ant-Man Quantumania, if we know what's coming, if we know what we see in the trailer, if we know a little bit about the comics, then I think that that's how this is all going to turn out. I think that, again, AJ's theory is perfectly correct. It's going to be a variant of Loki, but I think they're going to tie him into Immortus. So based on what I told you about Kang's incredibly convoluted backstory and the fact that we know that he's coming, what do you guys think of the theory? You think it's dumb? You think it's awesome? Do you think it needs work? Do you agree? Do you disagree? And any thoughts you all have before we... Move on to Black Widow. I think I think that it fits with the timeline and everything that we've actually like gotten and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, like you said, um, you had WandaVision, mm -hmm. and then yeah, it just it just really fits with it. Okay, okay. And do do you like the theory? Do you think it's a good way to go forward? with the next few movies and things that we're going to see. Remember, the next stuff we're going to see is The Eternals, uh, Shang-Chi, and then this is all leading into uh, Spider-Man Spider Far From Home. Uh, no Way Home, excuse me. Yeah. No, way, no home. way Home. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Based on what you know about those movies, do you think that this would be a solid theory to lead into it? Or is there something else that you think would be better? I guess I'll leave with that final question. I don't think we get Kang or Immortus in this series yeah. at all. I, th I think maybe at best you get a hint of it. Um, I think it's it's going to be one of the Lokis mm -hmm. that because we've been seeing Loki mania in, in Loki. Uh, I even think they 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 probably kind of messed up because there was a Twitter post where mm -hmm. um, Marvel Studios put out all the Lokis, and they included Hunter B-21, I think it is. B-20? Is B-20? Is it the, that's the, the, um, the character that was enchanted by Sylvie? Yes. And is now betraying the TVA. She's locked up last we saw her? Yeah. So the, the internet was afire with um, the fact that that Hunter may be a Loki. So, um... Oh, there's. Okay. Oh, I didn't see it's that. It's interesting. <laughs> oh yeah, they they showed all the Lokis, alligator Loki, kid Loki, President Loki, and she was in there. They just popped, dropped the thing on her. So it, it appears that the TVA is almost. You want to? You want to almost say that they're ex, they're exclusively made by Lokis. There was a <laughs> you theory. Know, if, if we're falling, if we're falling that. 
that train of thought. Yeah, I mean, there's a theory that I saw, or I'm sorry, it's Hunter B15. B20, I think, was the one, or C20, was the variant who ended up dying that was enchanted earlier. Okay, okay. So it's B15. Yeah, I, I didn't remember is the one b15 there was a theory going around that mobius is a is a loki variant also so this kind of ties into what you're saying um i yeah, mean yeah so i definitely think it's going to be a loki behind it i guess the only thing that i'm thinking is that they're going to change Immortus's backstory only because it's super freaking convoluted otherwise so if you make this loki and immortus you know quote mm-hmm. unquote it fulfills the role of the character and then you don't have to go and explain all this crap down the road when we when we watch Quantumania. So that's the only reason why I think that maybe they're going to simplify it by making him in a, a mortis, quote unquote, again. But we'll see what happens. I think we all kind of agree that it's going to be a variant of Loki, whatever his name is, right? I, I, I want to see how they tie in uh, Kang to the Fantastic Four because we know Fantastic Four is coming mm-hmm. and Kang is the perfect uh, setup for Fantastic Four because, well... He's related to them. Yeah. You know, he's um, so Nathaniel Richards. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so he's the, he's the 31st century. Um, great, 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 whatever of the Richards and whatnot. Reed and all of them. So, um, yeah. So, um, it'll be interesting how they, they figure out that and, and put it in. I, I have faith that they'll do it and I have faith that they'll do it well. But I'm just curious to see how that works out. Yeah, I really, really can't wait to see what they're going to do with this. And I, I think I know you all had a chance to, to look into it last week. But Loki is definitely one of my favorite shows so far. And it has its problems. I'm not going to get into it. Oh, yeah. you, you know, you guys talked about that. And we'll talk about that, I guess, when the finale drops. We can talk about how, what it is as a whole. Yeah. But I've been really I've really I, been enjoying it. And I've, I think I like I, the direction where it's going. We'll see. I've I've noticed within the last couple episodes the issues that it has. Before, I was really, really enjoying it, but now those issues are coming a little bit to the forefront here. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the the short, short season-ness of it. But you know what? Like you said, we'll deal with that when we talk about the season finale, which is coming up in three days. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... We'll, we'll, we'll get into it more. There's some things that I will say the Marvel formula actually doesn't necessarily help the show, and I'll leave it at that. I think that there's some stuff mm-hmm. that they could do with it if they didn't stick so much to the formula that would have made it probably a lot better. But like I said, and like you said, we'll talk about that when we do our wrap-up of the entire season which should be coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe we'll give you all a break from Loki next week, but we'll see what happens. So tune in yeah. to every episode, and you'll get to see what we think about Loki when it when it finally wraps up. So any other thoughts, yep. gentlemen? Anything from the from Mr. AJ, from Mr. Eli? Do you guys kind of agree that this is a decent theory? We're going to see a Loki as the variant that ends up being in charge of the TVA, and that's that. Yeah, um... Yeah. <laughs> okay. That works. That is a sign off. I like that one. So that's our theory. Yep. I'm, I've seen it out there. We're not the only ones that came up with this theory. But if we're right, give us some congratulations in a couple of weeks when we when we figured out the whole thing, especially if my theory is correct and Loki is a form of Immortus. But anyway, moving on, let's get into the other MCU big thing that we saw this week i guess yeah 
we've all checked out Black Widow thus far, yes? Everybody's yeah, yeah, I think we were probably the first ones that saw it because we saw it on Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. So I saw it like last night in a in a couple of hours. I had to kind of binge watch it because I had a lot of stuff going on this weekend and a lot of plans, but I was able to fit it in. That's that's kind of good because you know yeah. what? We have two perspectives here. We have the perspective of somebody who's seen it um, just recently, and we've had a little bit of time to marinate it, you know, in terms of we've had a couple of days to really soak in the stuff. And I think for me that that's going to make a difference in how I talk about Black Widow today. Should we? So I'm kind of at a, at a loss here. I, f- I feel like you guys should start since you saw it first. But I don't know if I should start in order to. Why don't you start? Why don't you? Why don't you? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you give your first impressions? Because I think mine is going to be. I don't know about the kids, but I think mine's going to be a little bit of a hot take um, in terms of what it is and and how how and I think it'll be a good way to segue into the the main discussion. So why don't you give your first impressions of Black Widow first? Okay. So with the movie, I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. I'm not going to give a numerical review or anything like that. We're not necessarily here to no. review what we're going to talk about. We're just going to you know, geek out. Whatever. Over it. Yeah, we're going to talk about theories. We're going to talk about everything that we saw in the movie. But so I enjoyed it. Um, I, I mentioned this in one of our chats yesterday. There's definitely parts of the movie that have like born identity vibes, which I had heard was something that they were going to try to do with this movie, which I enjoyed. Yeah, they had. Yeah. You had that. You had some Mission Impossible in there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So definitely, definitely. Very spycraft. Yeah, they took from a lot of different spy movies from James Bond, Mission Impossible, Born Identity, like you name it. Yeah, everything. There. And they pulled some influence from it, which which I think they did well. Because, you know, if, if a movie does this where they're like pulling influences from a lot of different other films, it can get really cluttered and weird and confusing and difficult to follow. And it can ruin the story, I think, to a certain extent. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was it was well done for a story that did definitely pull from a lot of different places. Um, I thought the action was really good. Like I said, it had those board identity vibes. So like even, for example, where I got that idea when I was what I was watching when I said that was, as you guys might have gathered, the first fight between Natasha Romanoff, Black Widow, and Yelena, her sister when they're fighting in in that kitchen or whatever, it's like so born identity vibes. I mean, it's like born identity turned up to 11 because they're like there throwing was, each other all over the place, like worse than born I identity. I think in the first, you know, in the first born identity, there was a fight in an apartment. I yeah. think with um, Carl Urban was Carl Urban the one I, that was in I there? believe you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very visually similar. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. And all that stuff. Very similar in a lot of ways. So, but I had fun with it. I like really enjoyed it. I thought the action is, so I'll put it this way. Like other than Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I was going to say, like I said earlier, this is a double-edged sword because sometimes Marvel shoehorning action into something is not something that I've been appreciating in some of the recent shows, some of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. But in this movie, it works because the action is fantastic in pretty much every action scene. You know, you got you got that action scene, you got the fights with Taskmaster, which I think are really, really good. Um, so overall, I think it was a good movie. The, like I said, the things that end up 
taking away from it to a certain extent are the Marvel formula, which I think we could do an episode about that in the future because I actually want to talk about that on in a, in another uh, podcast that I do. I wanted to talk about Martin Scorsese's opinion on Marvel. I think that it's relevant here because, yeah, they they put in a lot of extra action. They try to squeeze in a certain amount of humor. There's certain things they have to checklist. And it ends up slowing the movie down to a certain extent. It ends up messing with the pacing. And it, it, you know, it just doesn't, it's not as good as it can be as a result of that. But like I said, that being said, it was a fun movie. I really enjoyed the new Black Widow. Yelena is awesome. Florence Pooh does a fantastic job. She's funny. She's tough. She's relatable. So she's a really good character. Um, I thought that the Red Guardian was pretty funny, even though he's a bit over the top. <laughs> I think you hear that AJ is laughing a little bit at that. David Harbour does a fun job with that. And, um, you know, his whole Captain America thing was pretty funny. Uh, so I enjoyed that as well. I think I'm usually a huge fan of Rachel Weiss, but her character in this movie didn't make a lot of sense to me. I think that's the one thing that I was kind of like, uh, I'm not too sure about your motivations. I think it was a little weird how she shifted her motivations so quickly and there wasn't a lot of clarity in what she was doing and her accent was the worst. I mean, <laughs> David Harbour yeah, did was. okay. Um, yes, it was. Florence Pooh did not so bad with the Russian accent. Not Rachel Weiss, unfortunately. But I guess yeah, she, she was a little distracting. Yeah, it was a little distracting. Um, I thought the villains were good also. I thought everything was really, really solid. I thought Taskmaster was fun. I thought that the way that they played with Taskmaster's origin story was fun. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I thought of it from watching it just a few hours ago, not too far removed from it, just watching some YouTube videos with like Easter eggs and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the movie thus far. What about y'all that are a couple of days removed from it? I think I want to hear from AJ since I heard him laughing about Red Guardian <laughs> on this one. Yes, Red Guardian is amazing. <laughs> this movie, <laughs> and we get we're gonna get to see him again, most likely. It seems right. Like hopefully, and, and, and it's like you said, uh, just the way he like <laughs> Captain America has was never recovered in nineteen in the nineteen eighties. Stories were great, <laughs> right? So right for the, the bit of context, what he was in prison and he was arm wrestling yeah. with a bunch of inmates, and he's a super soldier. For those who don't know anything about about Red Guardian, he's he's basically Russian. Captain America and a super soldier. He's the he's the Russian version of Captain America, and he's talking about when he fought Captain America in like eighty three or eighty four, right? Even though yep, eighty four, like AJ said, Captain America was still in the ice, which one of the inmates points out to hilarious effect. But like, yeah, tell me what else you thought about Red Guardian and the rest of it. I just wanted to give that bit of context. Uh. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I mean, I thought <laughs> like he's the he's kind of a bumbling fool, mm -hmm. but you discover later in the movie that all right, maybe there's a maybe he's not well. He's still a bumbling fool, yeah. but he's a little deeper than that. And it was it was uh, he had a great scene with uh, Elena. Uh, with uh, the American Pie thing, I, I thought that was pretty great. Well, that whole scene was good. I agree. Yeah. I thought it was solid because it was it was funny. It was affecting. It was it was dr dramatic. It was really really interesting. Um, you know what I was thinking while you were talking about all this? One of my favorite scenes was when he was uh, 
when he was congratulating Natasha and Yelena on like how how murderous they were, basically. Your ledgers, your ledgers must be red with blood. I'm so proud of you. I thought that part was pretty funny. And like all those scenes were what made me enjoy Red Guardian as a character. Because um, he's, yeah, he's bumbling, and, but he's like kind of weird in the head. And like, yeah, he would praise somebody for being like a freaking mass murderer. So I thought that was funny. What else did you think about it? Yeah. Um, Taskmaster was also pretty interesting. Uh, they, I think he, they kind of made them a, what did you say? A super adaptoid? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which does, which has been done in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, but a little uh, weird. Was, uh, Task, I mean, Taskmaster wasn't. I would. I don't want to say terrible. Uh, I mean, I was a little disappointed because Taskmaster is great because it, he's not he or she is not being aided by technology in order to mimic the moves of the Avengers and whatnot. It's all from memory mm-hmm. and just his sheer ability yeah. to replicate their fighting techniques. So I was a little disappointed when it was like, oh, so it's a technology hinge. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, the rest of the movie was great. What was some of your favorite stuff in the movie? Like besides the Red Guardian stuff, was there a good action scene or anything like that? The apartment scene was very brutal. The the fight between uh, Yelena was... and, and Natasha in the apartment? Yeah. Yeah, that was that... Uh, and then the only other thing that I guess was pretty, like, wow, was when Black Widow was in the room with that, uh, with the leader of the, uh, the, the who's it? Oh, the, uh, the red, the, the Black red, Widow's. Red room. Yeah, in the red room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drakeoff? Yeah, Drakeoff. And she was kind of like, well, see, I know you wanted, I was kind of expecting you to hit me harder, so I guess I'm just going to have to do this better myself. And then she's just, just slam her face on the table to sever the nerve. Oh, yeah, because just, wow. just for that, that moment of context in that scene, apparently. So the the actor Ray Winstone, who played Drakov, was not exactly controlling Black Widow because a lot of the story in this, right, we'll get to it, is like a mind control serum basically and trying to stop that but like what was it that if black widow smelled his pheromones she would be unable to attack him so that's why she broke her yeah. nose and she was like i can't smell you anymore so now i could kick your butt that was a fun scene I, I i like that whole scene too i agree i thought it was really solid and i thought the villain could have been super cheesy and cliche but it ended up being pretty cool it ended up not being those things necessarily so what else eli what did you think yeah oh well um, Black Widow was okay because you mm-hmm. know, okay. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. The corn saber has say, come out. How corny is it? It's not corny. It's not corny. It's the villains. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you guys mentioned, Taskmaster being all about technology, mm-hmm. and you know, to be fair, I didn't really like Taskmaster in this movie because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Because in the comics, he's, he's like, power-based, right? 
it's his power, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah. His. I, I sort of liked the original Taskmaster better, but whatever. Was what it Tony Tony Masterson in the comics? I think is the name. Tony Masters. Masters. Tony Masters. Tony Masters. Yeah. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Eli. But there's there's one uh, villain especially who I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Well, the main villain, uh, which is Drake. Oh, interesting. Okay. I thought he was good, but go ahead. Tell me what you what you I, thought about why it wasn't so great. I felt that he had a lot he had a lot more to him that should have been pushed a little bit more into the into the story mm-hmm. because I felt that he don't, he wasn't like it was almost like he wasn't given enough time. Mm-hmm. That's that's at least how I felt. It was more of it was more of a reunion than it was an actual like chasing down the the actual bad guy. Mm-hmm. At least for me, so it was like I don't know. I I just I would have appreciated it more if Drakeoff um was a little bit more pushed into the story. Not like oh I heard stories of Drakeoff and whatever he's done and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about you, Walt? You want to give your impressions on on the film, please? Yeah. A couple of days removed. Well. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because um, the last MCU film we got was Spider two years Spider-Man, ago, right? Two years ago, Spider Man came out July second, twenty nineteen. Yeah, I went to see it. It's been a, I think I went to see it with the boys. Yeah, yeah. It's been a hundred and thirteen weeks since we've gotten an MCU film. Mm-hmm. Seven hundred and ninety one days. It's been a long yeah, time. It really so, has been. Um, you know, we're we're here, and um, you know, it, there's something different. We I know we've gotten the three MCU series, but there's something different about an MCU film, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, there's something that's really, really, you know, it, everybody anticipates that. Um, and just so everybody knows, we did. I we in terms of me, AJ, and Eli, we didn't see it in the movie theaters. We saw it through Disney Plus's premiere access. Same. Yeah, did the same. Okay, so. Maybe that I I want to clarify that because maybe the movie theater experience may have been a little bit different. I doubt mm-hmm. it. Um, for me, I enjoyed the film overall. I thought it was well done um, in terms of, like you had said before, the action, the pacing was great. Mm-hmm. Um, the choreography was awesome. You know, we didn't have that. The one thing that we don't have from those uh, Spycraft movies is that shaky cam where you can't see what really is going yeah. on with the action. Yeah. We didn't get that here, which I appreciate. It was a little know? bit in the in the scene between right. Natasha and Yelena because that's kind of how that scene was in The Born Identity, but it was mm-hmm. visible and easy to see in The Born Identity. We talked right. about how that ruins movies in the past when you can't see exactly. Like more, more so th- that's friends. one thing. But, yeah, that's one thing that I did appreciate of the movie that we actually got to see the action, mm-hmm. as opposed to that whole shaky cam footage, which I'm really not a fan no, of. No, no, um, not at all. I thought the performances were great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, David Harbor in particular. <laughs> you guys have already mentioned him. He he is he's one of those guys that I don't think get as gets as much recognition as as he should have, yeah. because he really really is a very good actor and you know he takes a wide smath a wide swath of um you know uh roles and he he plays them to perfection i think part of that is that like you look at something like hellboy which was supposed to be like his arrival 
and it, it mm-hmm. wasn't that good. It's kind of it's kind of sad that. But that's you know, not that's not his. It's fault not, but because you know that the actor kind of gets blamed in a way when it doesn't. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. That's why but you know what? Not he's underappreciated, like you said. I think. Right. I think I think his Hellboy was great. I I just think the story yeah. really failed him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Hellboy is not you know his fault per se. Mm-hmm. You know because he did what he did with the role, and I thought he did great with the role. So. Yeah. Um, the the problem that I have watching uh Black Widow is is more of a disappointment because yes this is a, this is a movie that um was pushed back for a year because of the pandemic, but this is a movie that should have came out years ago. I um, I you look at the MCU as a universe, we've gotten three. Captain America films. We've gotten three Iron Man films. We're about to get a fourth uh, Thor yep. film. Um, Captain Marvel, who's been in the MCU for a minute, has already gotten a film before Black Widow did mm-hmm. and is getting a second one. We're not guaranteed a second Black Widow movie because, quite honestly, she's dead. Yeah. You might get maybe Yelena in a Black Widow movie possibly but we'll see and that's the the other issue that i have because you know what if you know fans have been waiting for a black widow movie for quite a while and this felt more like a um to use a a a tv term a backdoor pilot for yelena's character i felt there was a lot of a lot of a lot of focus on her to the detriment of scarlett johansson's natasha romanoff i think they and and perfect example is the scene where they were having dinner with um and they're reunited for the first time, mm-hmm. um, and the emotional focus of that that scene was Yelena. Natasha was kind of just in it, and it was it was a good know? scene with Yelena. But I agree with you, yeah. like yeah, absolutely. This has been a problem with Black Widow, unfortunately, since the beginning. Because I was saying this to my girlfriend, to Claire, yesterday. It's like, and it's exactly to your point, this movie should have come out years ago for a variety of reasons, obviously, because why hasn't there been a female, hadn't there been a female-led superhero film for almost 10 friggin' years? That's ridiculous, mm-hmm. number one. But number two... And then you get Captain Marvel first. Yeah, you get Captain Marvel first. Which is criminal. Which I I see kind of why, in a, to an extent, but like, because, you know... Um, She's a she's an Oscar nominated actress, right? So they're trying to find like Benedict Cumberbatch and all these actors who are like really really no, well I, regarded. I get that. But that's the thing. That's I my that's my that. point though. My point is, I'm not I'm going to agree with you here because my point is Scarlett Johansson is also a Oscar nominated actor. She's one of the most accomplished actors in the MCU. She always was. Absolutely. Chris Hemsworth ain't ain't won nothing. You know, Mark Ruffalo maybe you could say, Robert Downey Jr., Benedict Cumberbatch of course. But most of the other people who are leading characters in the MCU, because they have some people who are supporting characters that are also you know, Oscar nominated or, or, or what have you. But when you have an actor of this caliber and you just have her on the sidelines for the, a whole decade. Right. And then the other thing is her characterization was too much of like the straight woman character. She was always the the matriarch, which is a slight part of her in the comics, but it's not really a focus of her in the comics at all. She's just a badass in the comics. She's a, you know, she's a, a awesome spy in the comics, and she's actually a little bit dark, like in the comics. She's not like this matriarch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bring everybody together, 
I mean, she is to a certain extent because, you know, she loves her friends in the comics. She's an awesome superhero. But they took away from what you can do with the character. And you're right. Yelena gets to be funny, gets to be interesting, gets the emotional centers of the movie. And Scarlett Johansson is just kind of there. And this is a complaint and, I heard about not the movie. Gonna... Like, you could take her out of the movie entirely and still have the same story to a certain extent. Right. And, and we're probably not going to get another another iteration of Natasha Romanoff anymore because um, what if maybe Scarlett <laughs> Johansson has been on the record that she's done with the character okay. that she she is going to work with Marvel but behind the scenes so you know we this is a, this is an example of where you have a character that has a really rich history and a lot of stories that you could have told and she's gone yeah so that that was that was kind of disappointing in watching the film and i and as much as i was enjoying the film i always had that in the back of my mind is like you know this is going to be really it because there are no more stories to tell because of the way endgame finished and where we are in the mcu so natasha romanoff is done we're not going to get any more stories that to me is really really disappointing yep. Especially um, with how solid this movie was. It was solid. It wasn't right. the best movie ever, but like I would have liked to have seen a sequel. And then maybe you have that post credit stinger that was at the end of this one at the end of the second one. Well, I'm going to talk about that post credit yeah. stinger because I did not like that post credit stinger. We got to talk about that for sure, but let's let's continue um, with impressions and see where yeah, we go from I'm, there. I'm going to... So you have that with, with the Black Widow movie where, you know this should have come out a long time ago and the focus should have been on Natasha Romanoff. You know, Yelena's going to get her shot. Um, They could have held her off a little bit in terms of the the focus of the story, but I get why they're doing it. Um, The other thing that I was very disappointed is uh, the treatment of Taskmaster, in my opinion, was criminal. Um, I I really don't believe that they did the the character, uh, uh, they did the character well. And listen, I am not going to get into the gender swapping. That is not the issue for yeah. me at all. I'm, I'm totally fine with it. It makes sense in the construct of the story. A lot of people predicted but, that too because this it's a woman-centered film. So they're like, it's got to be a female right. villain. And, and, it, and it makes sense. But even even that, take that away. It makes sense because, you know, it, it it's part of the story. It's built in with with uh, Dracoff, which yeah, the Red Room interesting and all enough... Mm-hmm. Interesting enough, um, this is not the first time we've heard of Dracov's daughter because yeah. she was in the original Avengers. Loki mentions her, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and so I, I find it interesting that they kind of come back, but that's what Marvel is really, really good at—dropping these little seeds in previous movies and then coming back to pay them right, off. Right, because they always talked about um, Budapest and like you said, yep. Loki talked about that in the Avengers to kind of try to get inside um, Natasha's head about the bad things she's done in the past. And the flashback exactly. was solid too. I think the flashback scene was pretty cool where they showed her like watching this girl blow up and like her emotions yeah. behind that. But continue please. If you have but ta- Taskmaster to me it's criminal what they did to the the character because the character um it's not a main villain but it's a very interesting villain. It's a villain that you can drop in Captain America, you can drop in Iron Man. Um and I, quite honestly the depiction of Taskmaster in this film felt to me and I'm going to use a video game term here. 
he felt like a, a DLC skin because you could have taken that character, substituted her, him, her for one of the Red Room assassins, and the movie does not change at all, except for the fact that it's it's the daughter. But other than that, Taskmaster was barely there. She had she was only there for the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. There was no, there was really no, and we know Taskmaster as being kind of like this good guy, bad guy type of thing in the comics. You know, you know like, he, he comes... goes after the Avengers. He becomes a trainer of the Avengers. I, I don't Taskmaster to me was was poorly poorly done in this. Um, it, it goes back to the original villain issue that Marvel had. It plays into this movie here. Um, the last thing I want to say, and it's going to be about that uh, end credit scene, and I'm not going to get into it. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But to me, that cred- that end credit scene, and again, I understand why they did it. It seems like it was thematically off with the rest of the movie might have been it might have been one of those things that they just ended up adding right because this movie's been supposed to come out for so long it i think it was supposed to come out still after endgame but i mean i don't know it it did seem like a little bit shoehorned it was supposed to come out last year yeah and we were supposed to get um the introduction of um elaine from uh seinfeld i forgot julia dreyfus louis julia louis dreyfus yeah louis dreyfus i'm sorry um, she was supposed to be introduced in this and instead was introduced in Falcon and the Winter Soldier because of the timing issue, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I, just to me, it felt thematically off, especially with Yelena's character. And I'll just leave it at that and we can discuss that a little bit later. Yeah, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, by the way, is playing a character in the comics called Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Um, the Countessa. And yes, she is. she is seemingly putting together a team a la a la um dark avengers all of the dark avengers we'll see if that ends up being the thing too but i mean you're sort of right i mean taskmaster could have been fleshed out a little bit more in the comics he's more of a character with the agency like i don't know it's not exactly the same but i think deathstroke like almost like a similar like a marvel version of deathstroke i know deathstroke isn't as much of an anti-hero but like Similar like abilities almost, right? I know it's not exactly the same, right. but all right. So those are our impressions. Uh, let's get into it in a little more detail. I think so. I guess yeah. I'll push the, the Taskmaster conversation a little bit further. I should say, you're kind of right. Like, there's definitely nothing wrong with the character like gender swap. Um, yeah, no issues with that whatsoever. The action scenes were solid too. Yeah, but it felt. I mean, I like the character for the most part. It felt a little bit like um, Ant Man and the Wasp with the villain in that one, where it was kind of a last second reveal as to who it was, right? Or it wasn't his last second reveal, but like it was like one of those anti hero type villains that instead of getting their own agency like Taskmaster generally would, he's just controlled mm-hmm. by Drakov, and that takes away a little bit from the character. Um, I I will say that in terms of action scenes, I thought that Taskmaster could be a little problematic, right? Because it's kind of hard, I think, to illustrate in a movie a character that can learn something really quickly 
and use it against their foes without it being either cheesy or even starting to get full of plot holes, right? Because if you learn a certain right. ability, then later on, you don't know how to counteract a certain ability. But I thought it was solid. I thought it was cool how, like, in those scenes where Black Widow tries to do her famous um, Huracan Rana or whatever that wrestling move is, the head scissor mm-hmm. takedown that Taskmaster was ready for it from watching all this other stuff. But there was also... I, and you saw some fighting styles that he was, she was showing off as well, right. you know, in terms of the other Avengers. That was the only thing I was going to say. I kind of would have liked to have seen some more overt, like, I mean, the shield obviously was Captain America, that using the arrows was Hawkeye. I would have liked to seen have seen a little bit more of the very specific stuff that they do in the fights. I thought that would have mm-hmm. been pretty cool. But, I mean, overall, I thought it was it was – a fairly solid representation of the character. But my question now is where do they go with this character? Because that's where, that's where they kind of lost it in terms of like comparison to the taskmaster character in the comics, the taskmaster character in the comics, like you said, is a sometimes friend, sometimes enemy of the Avengers here. It's just seems like taskmaster is going to be like a friend and a hero now that her mind control is broken. But I don't know. I guess we'll see what what ends up happening with this character in the future. So yeah, it seems like a waste of the character at this point for now. Um, because, like I said, you could have done some interesting things with the character because it's he's in the comics such a foil. He's a very difficult character to fight, quite honestly, because you know what? He has the ability to because he knows your fighting style. He has the ability to kind of counteract anything that you throw yeah, at him, he was you know, beating the the heck out of uh, out of Red Guardian. So <laughs> exactly. So uh, you know, I, I just I, I think that there was a missed opportunity, and and again, you could have taken Taskmaster out of this film, and it wouldn't have made a difference at all. So we you know we could have taken Tasha out, and we could have taken Taskmaster out. And it would have been the same movie is what we're kind of trying to say here, it seems, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's a little bit, it's a little, like I said, disappointing is kind of the word that I have for it, even though I like the movie, but disappointing in some of the choices that they made with some of the characters here. So I guess on that note, just to, to touch on it a little bit, like what did you guys think in terms of the story overall, right? Because we have the story I'll explain semi semi quickly. You know, you have um, Natasha who's broken away from her family. They show her backstory with uh, Red Guardian and Rachel Weisz's character. I think it's uh, Melina, right? And then mm-hmm. we show them in the future where Yelena, her sister, is still under the control of, uh, excuse me, the Red Room. And it's a whole mind control thing, right? They have these vials that are controlling all of the widows and... The movie, essentially, which I thought this was cool, I'll say. I thought it was good that they made it a personal story instead of making it some bigger thing. They really needed to give us some personal Black Widow stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's basically the story, right? They have this mind control serum that the main main villain, Drakov, is using to control and destroy the lives of all these women. He's basically kidnapping them, turning them inside child soldiers, which is some stuff that we saw before. Um, But, yeah, like, what did you guys think of the story overall? Um, uh, AJ, I'm curious what you what you thought of it in terms of the story, not just like you said, the other details, the action, and the other things that we've discussed. I mean, I liked it. Uh, 
I mean, it's not the absolute greatest and, you know, kind of hearing that back widow, a back widow, black (laughs) widow, (laughs) my bad, black widow got the backseat in her own movie, kind of colors it different for me now. Did you get that feeling? (laughs) uh, I don't know. Did you get that feeling while you were watching it? Or is that something that you're more thinking about now that we're discussing it a little bit? I didn't really see it before, but now that you guys are kind of mentioning it, I don't know. It it really does seem like that, though. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Okay. Um, as far as the villains go, again, yes, Taskmaster was kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drakoff, I mean. He was kind of 2D, kind of not. I expected it. Yeah. I mean, he, he really doesn't need to be anything bigger than what he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And he was just an old guy trying to control people. And he's like, yeah, the government is at my fingertips. Yeah. I got um, a little <laughs> bit of the vibes of from Mission Impossible. Um, what's his name? The actor that passed away that was a Mission Impossible villain. Philip Seymour Hoffman. I got oh, I got yes. slight vibes mm-hmm. of Philip Seymour Hoffman and Mission Impossible from Drakov, which I liked. What else did you? Mm-hmm. Did, is there any other thoughts that you had? And it's also kind of interesting too. He kind of mm-hmm. accomplished what Hydra failed to yeah. do because they were trying to set up that whole beat, and then you have this guy who's like, kind of a nobody, sort of, kind of, sort of, and yeah. he, he just goes and yeah. So the world is actually mine. <laughs> I like that detail though because you figure. Hydra's yeah. out in the open. It's very overt. Everybody knows that they're behind all these things, and the, the Avengers are always trying to stop them. Captain America's always trying to stop them. It seems like a better plot with this Drakov guy to basically not exist, quote-unquote, to be so under the radar. Nobody knows who he is. Like you said, he's basically a nobody. That's a solid strategy for, like, controlling things, yeah. and, you know, especially so, the way he did it with the various widows. So are we saying that Hydra was taking credit for what the Red Room did? To a certain extent, you know, because the way he framed it was exactly the way that Hydra frames it, that we're we're the ones behind the scenes toppling, you know, uh, regimes and installing, you know, things. And whenever there are economic things, that's us. So was it that Hydra was taking credit, thinking that they were the ones doing or were they working with the Red Room assassins, um, you know, to kind of get this thing done? It's kind of unclear and it, it kind of throws hydra into the the depiction of hydra into a little bit of a flux here in terms of the mcu mm-hmm. because what exactly were they doing that you know <laughs> well see that's the You're thing he's bidding it's like it's like what uncle jose said i mean uh jose said uh, yes that's me <laughs> it's kind of what jose said. we are related it's okay uh, we can tell him that yeah um <laughs> yeah. So Hydra was very open about it. Mm-hmm. We are the ha. It's not until they wisened up after like what the Second World War yeah. that they kind of said, "Okay, let's kind of take the back seat here." Mm-hmm. But even then, they kind of mucked that up. Yeah, yeah, they were a bunch of bumbling fools if you think about it. <laughs> they didn't really do much. No. Although no. the way that Marvel's been playing it, maybe we'll get a a. a semi retcon quote unquote to this and we'll see how hydra actually was influencing everything behind the scenes as long as we don't get uh hydra captain america 
I'm okay with like yes. some retcons. I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to see that. Hail Hydra. <laughs> yes. Hail Hydra. Does Eli want to see that? Need... Yes. Yes. You want to see that? As a what if? As, as a what if? Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll probably see that. I don't know in the about his story. Stuff. Yeah. I don't know about his story, but still, as a what his if? Story is basically that Steve Rogers was more or less a sleeper agent for Hydra. Yeah. The yeah. entire. That's time. literally all the story is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't think they can do that in the main storyline because if they're going to do Secret Wars, it's kind of thematically the yeah. same thing, you know. And plus, if, so, if they bro. do that, they have to bring Chris Evans back to to make Captain America a hero again. And I don't know if Chris Evans wants to do another two, three movies yeah. to do that whole you arc, do, you know. Walker. I mean, he didn't even come in to voice the character in the What If series. He didn't, you know. Chris Evans? No, he didn't. Because I heard Chris that Evans did not. Benedict Cumberbatch Chris. and yep. Captain Marvel, um, Brie Larson also did not. Is that correct? And uh, Robert Downey Jr. did not. Mm, well, yeah, he's probably so like, I got enough so. money. Y'all could do this on your own. But but um, Chadwick Boseman did. Yeah. Um, the the I can't remember her name, but the the person that played Agent Carter. Oh, um, she she Haley came Atwell. In. I can't remember. Haley Atwell. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you know, yeah, she's a, they, she's a version they, of Captain they, America, I think, in this, right? Exactly. Okay. But Chris Evans didn't even come in to do the the ADR for um, what if? So I don't think he's coming back for a movie. I think it's either. fairly clear. I think he's pretty done. Yeah. You know? Okay. What about Walker? Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, no, we're gonna see more of that for sure, right? Because that's well, yeah, definitely. We... So yes. you want U.S. Yes. agent to now make the transition to Captain Hydra? Yes, totally. I don't know about that. No, he's already someone as a voice he's actor. Kind of because... there though. What was that? No, but as a voice actor, he's obviously not going to come in as actual Hydra agent. How do you know that? Because then that would be... How huh? do you know that? Maybe Hydra's making a comeback. Well, you know what, Eli? Yes, that's finish your thought. Don't call that's... it a comeback. <laughs> I've been here for years. Eli, finish your thought, and then actually, I think this is a perfect segue for Walt to jump into that post credit scene, right? Because we're talking about what these characters are going to end up doing, possibly as villains mm -hmm. in the future. So, Eli... Finish your thought on that and then throw it to Walt. Eli's, jump in. Eli's, did Eli's, I not say Hydra is back? Did I not say Hydra <laughs> yeah. is back? Imagine if you blurred the red room with the uh, with the uh, with Hydra. You have all these organizations mm -hmm. who have no idea that they have ties to Hydra. So Hydra could be like almost even using maybe, it. yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe That's, this guy thought yeah. he was pulling the strings and it really was Hydra still anyway. The one thing that Hydra does well is infiltrate uh, organizations and governments. And it's stuff, a long-term so. con. Yeah. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that Hydra was running the Red Room uh, without anybody's knowledge. Too, yeah. So yes. they could have been influencing okay. Hydra. Interesting. Hydra's yeah. comeback is nigh. No. Nah, you know what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, we'll see. All right. We'll see. All right. So... Thoughts um, on the post-credit scene? Then let's jump into that. Yeah, let me just let me just say this one thing real quick about um, you know my thoughts of the the film itself. The I th I think um, they didn't give Natasha the origin story that she deserved. I guess they kind of did you know? it in previous films, but it was so short. They just didn't do enough for the character. They they learned yeah, too so. late that there could be a really awesome female-led superhero movie basically as well. right exactly which so, is sad. because i i feel i feel they just kind of sprinkled in the origin story into this film and said okay 
we're, we're done with this. Let's move on. Yeah. You know? And they're like, Scarlett Johansson, got- we need you to cry for like the whole movie. For like the yeah, whole exactly. movie. Exactly. So um, it, there's that. Um, in terms of the end credit scene. So the end credit scene um, happened literally at the end of the credits. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get a mid credit scene in this yeah. one. You had to wait until the very fat last uh, piece of, of text was on the screen before you got into this. And basically, it's Yelena, and it's post-Endgame. Um, yep. And she's going to visit the grave of Natasha Romanoff. Mm-hmm. And quite clearly, she's she's passed away. There's um, there's kind of a, like a little memorial yeah. in front of her gravestone. Daughter, sister, Avenger, or something like that, right? Exactly. Or friend, yes, exactly. Avenger. Um, which is and cool. We, we got that weird little whistle that they, they kind of implemented in this movie to kind of show the, the sisterly bond between them. Oh, yeah. I thought that was um, a decent little detail, though. I thought it was fun. I mean, it was okay. silly, but like, you know, yeah, you stuff know. like that between siblings is silly you know, sometimes, you know? Guess, and they haven't seen it, each it, other it, since they were kids, too, you know? So to me, it made sense. Right. But, you know, that's not the important part yeah, of this. It was a little, a little weird for me, but again, minor, minor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, we have her there and that's when we, sh- we see the Countessa show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's, it's apparent that Yelena is working for her because she comes up with the next assignment, which is uh, to get the person that in her mind is responsible for Natasha's death. And it's revealed that she's going to be going after Clint Barton. Which is... And- Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's clear that she's going to be a part of the Hawkeye series, yeah. um, which is coming up pretty soon. I think it's this year, right? I believe that it's later this year. I, we would have to confirm that. I'll yeah. double check while you're while you're giving your thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah. So so you have that there. Um, the, the problem that I had is that the movie took pains to explain that um, Yelena was was tired of of being controlled and stuff like that and there there's a different level of control here between natasha and yelena because natasha hers was psychological and so she still had even though she was being controlled she still had the notion that she had free will that she was doing this for the greater good you know and stuff like that yelena didn't have that benefit because hers was more of a chemically induced um in indoctrination she had no free will basically she was a robot here and so the movie takes pains to to show you know the trauma that yelena had um in terms of you know being indoctrinated by the red room and and drakoff and stuff like that and and being doing their will without anything and then at the very end of the movie you kind of see her doing the same thing she's working missions for another person now i know you can say well she has the free will to do it but still it it seems out of place with what we just saw for two hours you know what i'm saying (laughs) that now you have another person that's kind of running her life saying oh i can't even have some time off you know and well are you ready for your next mission so thematically and and again, I'm, I may be nitpicking here, but thematically, it felt out of place with the rest of the movie. 
And that was really my biggest issue with that end credit scene because you've given Yelena the ability to go and do things on her own. And yet she now has another handler. You know what I mean? I definitely yeah, want to see what they do with, with Hawkeye. Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think that's a nitpick at all. Like, I, I, when I saw that, I was kind of like, at first I was like, oh, look, there she is. And I was like, wait, but didn't she, doesn't she not want this kind of relationship? Like, maybe she chose to work in, in, in a very, 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 like, <laughs> far off thought. Maybe she chose to work for this lady, but why would she choose to work for anyone ever again? I have some thoughts. <laughs> After having, like, been, chemi- like you said, chemically controlled. Like, someone like that would, I would imagine, not want any kind of control associated with you would, her. You would totally not trust anybody at that point. Exactly. You know? Here's the thing. I know how they could, they, well, they could have fixed that. I absolutely hated the chemically induced thing. I'm pretty sure we all did because that was just, the way I pictured the Red Room, it was like almost like, you know, uh, Natasha Romanoff and her physical, physical, fixed, physiological, psychological, psychologically um thing, like almost like torture. Practically, well, it's like it's very much the way um, terrorists ind- indoctrinate the terrorist organizations indoctrinate, you know, their members. Yeah, you like know, that. sort of, sort of something like like that. But what if? Let's just say, what if? Frick, I have no idea what. <laughs> you lose your thought. What no, no. if? What I if, don't know what I was going to say. What if comes out in August? What if I can remember what I was about to say? <laughs> let me, let me, no, like, I'll give my thought real quick. And then maybe you can see if you remember what it is that you were going to say and, and make that point. Think. Okay. Think. So my thing. Think, my, damn you. <laughs> the reason why I wasn't totally like turned off by that detail is it's kind of a story element that you see a lot with these kinds of characters. They've, they've never lived any other kind of life. So there might be a small part of them that, I mean, if you look at Natasha, it's similar, you know, like she had this ability to live her own free life and do whatever she wanted to do. And she still chose to be an Avenger and do all this other stuff that what they choose to do with their free will ends up being what Mm -hmm. they've done their whole life, just in a different way colored a different way but let me and the last point i'll say is that is that nobody knows that contessa is a villain yet that's kind of clear i think they're just she they just like they're just like oh this is just just some woman and they might think that she's working for the government it seems like it when we we see her in falcon and the winter soldier seems like she's working for a government agency is trying to do the right thing but i mean that's just that's why like i'm not gonna say i love the scene i thought it was a little i do agree that it was kind of a little out of place it was just meant to set up the hawkeye series and it was meant to give closure to natasha that should have been done maybe a little differently maybe or maybe years ago but i'm not at least somebody recognized natasha yeah which is something we haven't seen like in in endgame we got the big funeral scene for rdj natasha got nothing i was still so this is kind of like an this is kind of like an apology for that film, yeah. um, you know, and saying, hey, somebody does care about Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff. 
Not um, the Avengers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Somebody else. Right. Not the Avengers. <laughs> definitely. I, I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna just put two points to what you said, and then I'm gonna kick it back to to Eli because. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember what you were gonna say? Yeah. Okay. So he he remembers. Keep that thought. Right down. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. I, I got it. I got it. Okay. okay. But I'm gonna say two things. Two things. Um, and I hope I remember the second because now I'm I'm losing it. But, um, in terms of Natasha Romanov, I think it's a little bit different. And and this is the reason why. Natasha is haunted by the things that she did because she thought she was doing things in her mind because it was right. And it was it wasn't because she was being mind controlled psychologically by the Red Room. And so th- the reason for her defection to Shield is kind of and they mention it quite a bit in the movies. Her ledger is red and she's trying to find a way to kind of um what's the word to kind of like clear the uh, ledger maybe or exactly you know what i'm saying so her move to shield makes sense in that respect because she's done so many bad things in the past this is her this is her um absolution from all of that stuff this is this is her penance you know I've done all these bad things. Now I'm going to go to Shield, and I'm gonna I'm gonna change the narrative here. You know, I'm going to. I know people are still gonna see me at the as the assassins because remember, when she when she opened up Hydra in uh, Civil War was it Civil War? No, Winter Soldier. Everybody knew her past at that point. Right. Yeah. So so her life at that point is an open book. Everything that she's done for Shield is kind of trying to right the wrongs that she did when she was working for the Red Room. So it's a little bit different um, with her going to S.H.I.E.L.D., whereas Yelena, who was chemically induced and had no free will to do it, you know, now is her time to kind of party and, and kind of do things on her own, but yet she still chooses to go to Countessa. Now, I understand your point where it's like, well, I've lived this life so long, you know, what do I do? But this is where, as a character, you grow, right? And and she's not doing that. Maybe. So it's kind of like... I think... Right. Final, I, I, like I said, we don't know the, yet. We don't know the yet. The final hint that right? I think that she's not growing was in one of the scenes that I thought was one of the funniest when she was talking about that vest. It was a, it was a, it was yeah. a military vest. It was cool. Mm-hmm. It was her making her own choice. It was still a military vest with packs right. for ammo and all this other stuff. So to me, mm-hmm. that was a hint that her mindset still hasn't completely changed. And the fact that she's going to like freaking kill Hawkeye apparently shows that she's not completely free of that. But you know what? Right. We'll see what happens. Like you said, we'll see where these stories go, where these shows go and where she, what happens when she shows up at Hawkeye, which is a uh, late 2021. I checked that. Okay. Uh, at least that's the cool. m- most recent confirmation. You know how these things have gotten pushed back. So we'll see. The 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 last point that I'm going to make is yes, we don't know that whether the Countess is a good or a bad individual in the MCU, but it's interesting that she's recruiting morally ambiguous characters. Right, right. No, actually, my point wasn't necessarily that so, we don't know if she's good or bad. She's probably going to be bad, but we don't know what mm-hmm. types of missions and interactions and we don't. She's yeah, having we don't them. know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we don't know what her deal is at, at this point, but we we kind of see where it's going because, you know, you don't recruit John Walker, especially after all the things that he's done, 
and say, well, you know, you're going to do a service for your country and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? And Yelena, again, another one who's kind of like you don't know yet what she is. You know, we we saw it in the movie, but that's more of on, on a personal level, like us kind of dropping into this family setting. We don't know as, as a whole, you know, at least the world doesn't, what Yelena is. So, you know, these are two very morally ambig- ambiguous characters that she's recruiting, and you got to wonder, what is she doing here? Um, so that's that's all I'm going to say on that. Eli, hit us with your You still point. remember it? I just, re- I just realized how stupid my idea sounds, but I have another idea. Okay. okay. Right? Okay. You're okay with what stupid if? ideas. <laughs> what if comes out in August? She's building... The Dark Avengers. That's the that's a theory. That's not a stupid that. idea at all. Oh, you guys already that's said not that. a theory. Yeah. That. The Dark Avengers. Damn it. Um, she's, damn it. She's kind of playing the Norman Osborne role here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. she's yeah. So it, I think it's, it's a great quite theory. Possible. Your theory, yeah, it's not a dumb theory. It's actually an it's awesome out there theory. too. Was, like my other theory. You know? um, my other theory was dumb. What was the other theory? I just want to hear it. That she has been controlling Yelena. From the very start, what if Yelena has always answered to her? It's possible too. That would that would make more sense. That's because dumb. because she's very much a shadowy figure in the background, but clearly she has some sort of power, and then not power in terms of superhero power, but like real world power. Yeah, well, that's weird you know? because I just realized that wouldn't fit with like the weird spray thingy. Oh, the thing that that looked like uh, yeah, they, Wanda's. They, why, why? Yeah, that's Wanda's, another thing. I uh, thought that thing. that was derived from the hex for some reason. I don't know why. It had that very similar vibe, kind of like when um, Wanda kind of hexed the the superheroes, especially the Hulk. You know, um, how would they do that? I I don't know how you would capture that essence, but hey, weirder things have happened, that right? Was the worst idea in like history in the history of ideas to have it like. A chemically induced, because then it's just another Winter Soldier. I uh, no, no, it's not no, even it just another well, Winter Soldier. The, but that's a really good comparison because you know what these these Red Room assassins, they're basically uh, the female version of Winter Soldier. Not even really because Winter Soldier In was more well, psychological. Actually, right, no, exactly. but not. Well, we're talking about in function. Yeah, because Winter Soldiers, as they were designed, were also. They were supposed to topple governments, this, that, and the other. They're basically there's successful a, winter there's soldiers. A, there's a lot right. of people topping so, governments and toppling governments in the MCU, Whoa. right? Yo, <laughs> you know what if the Winter Soldier organization and the oh wait, Winter Soldier organization was Hydra, right? Yeah. Yes. Damn, I, I had a good idea there. And I think there was six Winter Soldiers that are no longer on this Earth, well, on their Earth, because of Baron Zemo. They just screwed it up with the chemically induced uh, serums and stuff. Well, I have a question, actually, because there's a possible plot hole there. And did you guys maybe catch this? And I didn't catch it in the movie. I was watching it kind of late, so maybe I missed the detail. Um, but, like, why wasn't Natasha mind-controlled? Everybody else was. She had that no, pheromone thing, again, right? Yeah, but that's different. Yeah, well, hers was, was completely psychological. They did mention it. Why? Uh, yeah. yeah, why? why? Because I think why the chemical thing came afterwards. Because I think the they chemical thing the came afterwards. Remember, then, but they took Natasha, your- Natasha was older 
when she was indoctrinated into Red Room. But they were indoctrinated and at the same time, though. Her and her sister were yeah, indoctrinated at the exact same time. They took them away at the exact same time. I, yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yes, no, Red Guardian. Remember, Red either. Guardian let them both be taken by the organization. Right. But remember, there is a scene where they're parsing out who they're going to take. And they took Natasha. They did not take a Yelena. Because Drakov went up to her and said, okay, this one. So the implication was is that Natasha got indoctrinated first. Yelena came shortly after. Okay. But even because still. Natasha was already advanced. And I think that was the purpose of the scene where she, you know, when they're being separated, that Natasha was the one that pulled out the gun, you know, and, and you know, kind of disarmed the guard and stuff like that to, to show that she was already more advanced in terms of the i guess the assassin qualities you need to be in the red room and drakov made it a point to pick her and not the sister but that still doesn't make sense because what when did she leave the red room probably like like a little bit before we don't know and see that but that's the problem with this movie is budapest. like you touch upon budapest. oh well budapest yes that's, that's true because, but at that point they should have already the serum because then you have Yelena at that point, who's being put into the into the organization. It's a bit thing. of a plot hole. Plot well, maybe I think. that's when they started I, yeah, using I, the chemical. And then why didn't they use it on Black Widow? Because they probably didn't have it. By, but then how did they use it on the rest yeah, of the? By the end, I think what could have definitely made. been controlled. They could have said, "Hey, Hydra, yeah, that was here's some of this control." Or yeah, let's just they could have they could have used it. Well, first after of the all, fact. you know what? How about how about this? Because remember, the implication of Black Widow defecting the shield is that she thought she got rid of the Red Room. That what is if true her too. defecting from the Red Room said, okay, we got to maybe streamline this a little bit. We got to have a better handle on these widows. So you know what? Chemical indoctrination. Boom. I, and I agree that Boom. that's the way it went because you know what? Like you said, there was no there was no reason to believe that the way that they were doing was wrong because quite clearly they were they've been doing this a long time and i think natasha was the first to probably and again we don't know because we didn't get a proper origin story for this but i think natasha and again we're, we're kind of like trying to piece this together natasha may have been the first to kind of break that hold and that may have gone into melina now going and saying you know what we need to find another way to do this let's do this chemically because then that way we have full control of the all of our assassins okay. there's no way that they can break it because we're doing it this way well hold on you know why didn't they try and take care of natasha i figure that's the per that's the first you person can't you go get after rid of. an avenger because yeah, natasha was getting was out of high the shadows profile bro. at that point the whole they point of the Red that. Room is that they're working in the shadows to go after Natasha. And he even mentioned it at the end. He was like, now that I have an Avenger in my in my midst, now we can go out and be open about this stuff. You know? Nah, that was stupid. But I, I think that that plot hole was, was, was badly done. But I think there's a way to explain it. But again, we won't know because the origin story of Black Widow was so poorly done in this in this movie. You know, we got just bits and pieces of it. We still don't know the full story yet. She's still kind of a mystery, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Huh. All right. So, I guess on that note, 
what I would like to maybe close out with is theories as to what exactly I want. I'm curious as to what you guys think is going to happen uh, with the Contessa. And my theory, I'll throw it out there, is that it's been hinted at that we're going to see possibly Red Hulk and characters like that in the future. We're going to see uh, more more stuff from Thunderbolt Ross, which is why a lot of people are saying that he was also in this movie. He's been in a couple of movies recently just to have a little cameo, just to remind us that Thunderbolt mm-hmm. Ross still exists in this continuity. So I think that what mm-hmm. that's going to lead up to is maybe him allying with Contessa, with all these other characters, and creating that supervillain team that he has in the comics where he's the Red Hulk. Because we're also we're getting Abomination back, too. You know, Abomination is going to be in Shang-Chi. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was fighting Wong in the trailer. Exactly. So they're setting up all these characters that are in Thunderbolt Ross's villains team. They're they're bringing him back. I think that that's kind of where this is going to lead as to what their main, like what their their goal is going to be. That I'm not too sure yet. Because in the comics, it was always about chasing certain characters. Thunderbolt Ross is a little problematic in in terms of him becoming the Red Hulk because he's kind of gone past that that role, you know. Um, the reason that he he became Red Hulk is because he was he was hunting down the Hulk. Yeah. The Hulk is not a threat in the MCU the way he was in the comics, which again is is it could be you know, again though. There's World War Hulk. Could, there's World War but, Hulk rumblings out there. So if he gets to World know, War Hulk but, level, but, that's a threat. What, what, but he's, he's gotten past just hunting down one character. Now it's he's, about he's taken more of a, of a politician role as opposed to a general. Okay, so then, You know what I'm saying? So for him to, to change into Red Hulk seems a little weird at this point. That I, They would have to find a great way of, of, of putting him in that role again because um, – I understood the reasons why he did it in the comics. I cannot for the life of me find a path for him to do it in the MCU. Abomination. Because or somebody, somebody think, kills his daughter? I think he's... What I would think is that maybe he has a, a son or somebody that takes on the role. And maybe, maybe he's avenging Ross from dying. And so his, his, his way of doing it is by, you know what... I can't beat these guys on on a level the way my father was doing it. Maybe I have to become the Red Hulk. I, that I can see, but we we don't have the, any hints of that except for the daughter. The yeah, I mean, okay. I guess it, what what happens? They have to kind of bring her back into the fold to make it work. I guess right because Betsy Ross right. is in it. They would have to bring back um, Jennifer Connelly. That would be wild if Betsy Ross became Betty become Betty Ross. Betty Ross yeah. becomes. Uh, Betty Ross. No, no, it's Betsy. It's Betsy. That would be Whoa. it's Betsy Ross. Yo. Or it's both. It's both. I'm no, sorry. It's... Yeah, no, no, it's both. It's both. What I'm is... looking at the Marvel Wiki right mm-hmm. now. Apparently, it's Betsy or Betty. I don't know why the heck it's both. But if going on, yo, that would on? be wild okay. though if she becomes what, the Red Hulk, right? What if they take this Hulk and make him into Gray Hulk? That makes what, no Ruffalo's? sense. Huh? Ruffalo's right yeah. now. I don't think they're uh, gonna do that anymore. It. Oh, you mean? Because yeah. Grey Hulk got imagine they have- Grey Hulk got replaced by so many other Hulks in the comics. You know what I mean? Like oh. the Grey Hulk, like him having both personalities and all that. Like he got surpassed a long time ago by various iterations of Hulk, like Professor Hulk, and then you know yeah, World you already War have Hulk. Professor Hulk in the MCU. Yeah, World War Hulk, Hulk is is, is totally 
you know, while Grey Hulk is sorry, go on. You know, go ahead. I was gonna say uh, just you know, um, World War Hulk yeah, well, or Worldbreaker so, Hulk is also intelligent. Like all the various intelligent Hulks are still in there that could just kind of take his place, the Grey Hulk's place. Yeah, but like at least way back when, where all these other insane Hulks didn't exist, from what I remember, Grey Hulk was just a, a tad bit stronger than Green Hulk, mm. but he was also a little bit smarter. No, he was weaker than Green Hulk. Physically, he was weaker than Green really? Hulk. Really? Yeah. That was his weakness. He was smarter, yeah. but he was physically oh. weaker than the Green Hulk. They're eventually, I think. And eventually, they, we already he, have that iteration in the MCU yeah. right now. But eventually, I think he perfected the Gray Hulk transformation. Don't don't quote me on this. And he did eventually become stronger than Green Hulk. But I think soon after that, he went back to bring being Green Hulk anyway. So it would be more like an Easter egg to have Gray Hulk in there. It wouldn't really be a plot element that would work so well. I guess just have a depending on what happens in She-Hulk. Quick transformation. A lot of this stuff is depending on what we're going to see in these shows coming up, right? Because we got to see what's going to happen but with She-Hulk. How would World War Hulk work? Right now it can't it, because of the fact that um, Universal owns the rights to the Hulk. So it, it, it makes it near impossible to, to have that storyline done. Um well, I guess you can do will. it in the vein of like a, an Avengers or yeah, I think a collaborative type of movie, you know. Um, I mean, well, I think that they kind of have to to a certain extent because they're going to bring in some of the characters that are in the Illuminati, even though some of them have already been removed. The ones that send him yo, to that planet in the first place. But who knows? Right. But he's already he's already we've already touched on that kind of already yeah. with Ragnarok. Yeah. So again, it, it makes it kind of hard to to go back to it, unless they change the storyline completely, Whoa. and it's a little difficult because Professor Hulk, as a whole, is weaker. But remember, he also lost a lot of his power using the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, but in the comics, you so, know, Professor Hulk is is like, um, how do I put this? He he's. I would love to see him transition into a mortal Hulk. Well, to be quite, he's honest. another poor version of the Hulk. He ends up being a weaker version of the Hulk, and in the comics, he ends up, you know, again, like he. There's been a million different Hulks. You know, this as a fan of the Hulk, but he gets transcended yep. by another Hulk in the comics, which is, again always happens. But um, he ends up, yeah, he, he ends something. up being an inferior version of the Hulk, even though he seems to be superior. He's not. So we'll, I guess we'll see. Right. But you're right. There's a lot of plot holes or plot elements that might make it difficult. But we do know that Marvel and the MCU tends to take some of those details and turn it into something different. So we'll see. Right. I'd love to see something like that yeah. happen. I want to see a Hulk movie. I know you want to see it too. But Oh, I'm dying to see a, a proper one. Though. What are the theories you have? Go ahead. Imagine this. Mm -hmm. Either in the, what is it, the She-Hulk show? Yeah. Yeah. Or... Or a show of its own where it's like animated and Neuer. Imagine Ross. This is going to be a little bit far-fetched. Ross has secretly been working with his government to create a serum. Mm -hmm. th so that so that they could... Because you know they don't have control over the Avengers. Mm -hmm. So they create a serum that gains... That gives them a little bit more, more, more freedom to... Like sort of push them out, like like a like a Red Hulk. Sort I of like thing. where you're like going with this. And then Detective Hulk could be investigating it. 
he'll be like he'll be looking into the government trying to figure out what's actually going on with the serum. But you know what? That sounds more I, like a what if. No, but I like where you're going with this no. because yeah. this opens up a very interesting possibility because like you said, Ross feels like he can't he can't control the Avengers. What if Contessa is working with Ross secretly as a shadow organization to create like the what serum. you said, well not even the serum. He's creating the Dark Avengers under by using Contessa to kind of counteract the Avengers. Yeah. It's it's like a uh, a shadow a shadow group of the government, you know, and he his Contessa is actually um reporting up to Ross. Yeah. That's that's not that's, a bad theory at all. That's why we haven't know? seen him that much. That's why that's why he's just sort of been on the uh, not even on the sidelines like for the he's basically been in the shadows for a majority of these for the, of these shows. Like we right. just recently saw him in what Black Widow, right? Mm-hmm. And he yeah. wasn't really even doing anything. He was just there. He so was maybe, hunting them down, hunting the Avengers down. Oh yeah. So maybe you know? they're pushing him a little bit more toward the shadows to create the Red Hulk. Yes. Could be. And then Detective Hulk will be trying to figure out what's going on. Okay, who's Detective Hulk though? Gray Hulk. Where is he? This is how what is if, he? What if? Because this Hulk is like gaining more of a like more of a consciousness almost because he's more of like more intelligent. Maybe somehow that causes him to become more gray. And over time, he becomes gray Hulk. Well, you know, not for nothing, he does look a little grayer yeah. in Endgame. So what if it's like more of a <laughs> yeah. transition not for nothing. Detective Hulk? Detective Hulk. That's yes, possibility. Fix it. I thought we were talking about Black Widow. We've kind of, we've kind of, yeah, kind of became a jumped the shark here in terms of, you know, Hulk. I, I, listen, I love talking about Hulk. You know, what I'm well, saying? I mean, it's tying into Dang it, even on Black Widow's own podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I was looking for the name of it. I mean, it's tying into well, the Thunderbolts and the Dark Avengers are yes. tied in the comics, right? And what Baron mm-hmm. Zemo is is. A dark event, or one of the Thunderbolts, or one of the Dark Avengers, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, there's. I think the Thunderbolt. I think is on the Thunderbolt. Yeah, Yelena team. was well, a Dark Avenger. Like, there's, there's, they're setting all these people up to be in those teams. Maybe they'll take one of them. Maybe they'll take both of them. Maybe they'll create a new team. But I'm really, really, really almost certain that they're gonna do something with Thunderbolt Ross and Red Hulk in the near future. It's just a matter of what they end up doing, and I think. When we see She-Hulk, I think that's going to be the movie that tells us the most about where they're going to go with the Thunderbolts, the Dark Avengers, Red Hulk, Grey Hulk, whatever you want to theorize. And it would make sense. See what happens there. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. Do we have any other thoughts or theories or opinions about the film before we wrap this bad boy up? Going once. I think. Uh, I think. For for a film that we liked, I think we've beaten down uh, Black, Hiddo, Black Widow Black a bit Hiddo. much. <laughs> you know? Hey, we we enjoy it. We enjoyed it. We are tough but critics. There's some. Yeah. Yes, we are. We try to be. You know, we we've kind of we've kind of beaten down Black Widow here. Especially, and I feel a little bad. Like I said, at this point, it's it's especially. I feel like this is a topic we could definitely talk about in the future. But like, I'm not saying Marvel fatigue is setting back in, but like, it almost 
feels like it didn't go away again because of the formulaic nature of some of these movies. And I'll say this as my closing thought. I said this yesterday while I was watching Black Widow and saying what we said here, basically, which is a fun movie. It's a good movie. It has some formulaic stuff that makes it less than it could be. Like I said on a previous cast, I am super looking forward to The Eternals because The Eternals is a very different story in the comics. It's not about them going and fighting supervillains all the time. A lot of it is just dialogue, drama, the psychology of it. They're, I mean, they're literal gods. So, like, who are they going to mess with? So, and, you know, it being directed by Chloe Zhao, who just won an Oscar for Nomadland, I think that there's some opportunity for Marvel to expand beyond some of the cliches that they've stuck to even still in some of these shows and movies that we're watching now, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if they're going to, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it in that, that film. Yeah. So that's going to be a, a very, very interesting thermometer of where uh, Marvel's taking yes, us. I totally agree with that. And I will say this, I, that's one of the movies we haven't been to the movies in a long time. I really want to see that in the theater. I'm just throwing it out there. That comes out when again? I think October. Let me double check. Let's find out. Like, hey, yeah, that works. Yeah, it might be for like around your birthday, right? I think it's October. It's around then. Let me just double check because I'm going to leave, like I said, with that final thought. I want to go back to the movies. I know Wolfie has gotten a chance to go back to the movies. And by the way, buddy, we missed you today. We hope you're feeling better. Um, yep. So, yep. yeah, The Eternals comes out in no- November 5th. November 5th. So a little after, but... I can't wait, and let's see what happens then. Maybe we'll get a chance to see it in the theater and see where all this goes. And that's that. Sounds good. All right. Cool. So on that note, do the usual saying goodbye to y'all. Thank you for bearing with us through this episode. If there's anything you want to give us feedback on, you can reach out to us on Instagram at GetGeekPodcast. Slide into our DMs and let us know how we did. Let us know what you enjoyed as well. The best way to support your favorite podcast crew excuse me as you know is to like rate share subscribe and comment on our social media posts as well as following us on the various podcast platforms liking rating sharing and subscribing on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcasts are sold so please if you've listened this far i'm guessing you're a fan we're about an hour and a half into this episode you wouldn't listen if you weren't give us some some support We always appreciate it. We appreciate y'all fans out there. Thanks for joining us on this episode about Black Widow with a little side of Loki. And uh, other than that, there's just one thing left for us to say, and that is stay geeky, my friends. Red Hulk, fix it. Ultra. Thunderbolts. Yes. MC. Black Knight and Grandmaster. He's already in the universe. He will come back. Eternals. Fantastic Four. Black Knight is going to kill Kang the Conqueror. Kang. Kang Enterprises. All right, I'm, 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 I'm going to cut this off now. Thanks, guys. Peace. Red Knight. Later. I mean, uh, Ultra. Ultra. <laughs>